Thank you, men. Appreciate all the good singing tonight. And uh, that was good stuff. Well, tonight I want to share a passage with you out of Luke chapter 17. If you turn there with me, we'll begin verse number 11, Luke chapter 17. And it'll be a familiar passage to you. And I want to share this thought, kind of going from the Thanksgiving season into the Christmas season. I realize, again, we say all the time, well, we should be thankful all year long. We should, right? Uh, but maybe what we need to be thankful for, maybe the reason we're not as thankful as we should be is we're trying to focus on being thankful for the wrong things. Now, here's what I mean. We should be thankful that God provides our uh, needs, right? I'm, I'm thankful that we have food to eat, and we have shelter, and we have a church to go to and all those things. Uh, but sometimes we get our mind on these things and feel like that's the culmination of God's goodness, right? If, if this month, right, we'll say, well, uh, you know, my needs weren't met. Uh, maybe I didn't have as much money coming in or... Uh, power bill, you know, was higher this month and don't have enough. It's like, well, God, what happened, right? What happened this month, right? Where's the goodness of God? And, and so we, we look at these, these uh, temporal things, and, and I'm thankful for those. We should be thankful for those, right? We, we, we ought to be grateful for God's provisions, okay? So I'm not saying that, but if we never get to a deeper spiritual level when in our mind God is not meeting those provisions, then sometimes we'll question the goodness of God. How many times have you questioned things like this? Well, you're serving God, you're doing all the things, and maybe there's a sickness. And you're going, God, I'm trying to do all the right things. Why did you allow this to happen? Or I mentioned, uh, you know, when Ellen and I hadn't been married long, we wanted to have a child, and it was years before we could. And we thought, well, God, we're, we're serving you in the church, and we're doing the things we're supposed to do, and all these people that don't want kids, Kids are having them. But then we want children. You won't give us one, right? Doesn't seem fair to me, right? Where's the goodness of God at there? And I think when we realize, again, just the fact that God is good, and therefore he does good things. Because whether it's the justice of God, God is good. And if it's not the justice of God, it is the grace of God, right? The fact that we're not in hell, we say that, is the mercy and grace of God. But even if by chance someone who dies and goes to hell without, the, without the, uh, salvation, without the Lord, God's still good because he's a just God. So we come to Luke chapter 17 and you'll... Uh, begin in verse number 11, you'll know the scripture. The Bible said it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Again, understand that Samaria, <coughs> and we'll see as he heals these lepers, uh, the Bible said that, uh, uh, that at least one was a Samaritan. The Bible said in verse 12, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go. Now notice verse 13, the Bible said, They lifted up their voices. Right? So the multitude of them lifted up their voices. 
And verse 14, he said, Go show yourselves, plural, unto the priest. And it came to pass that they went and they were cleansed. So all of them got healing, right? All of them. If we look at this as a picture of salvation, all of them got saved, right? And the Bible said in one, 10%, right? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So here it is, the... The Jews hated the Samaritans. It's amazing, isn't it, that Jesus in one illustration used, and we know it today, the good Samaritan. And here's a thankful Samaritan. And so the Bible said that he lifted up his voice and praised God, glorified God, fell down on his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, "Were uh, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Here's what what I want to share with you. Where are the nine? I I mean, if you look in our church tonight, again, I'm not basing everything off thankfulness that those that are thankful are in church tonight. I realize there are some sick. There are some extenuating circumstances I want to broaden it out to Brother Bart, those serving God, right? right. Not just showing up for church, but those serving God. Because even amongst the congregation, Brother Adam, that are here tonight, there may be a portion that are not really serving God, right? Right. And so how many times has the Lord done something miraculous in our lives, yet we fail to even acknowledge it? But Chad, the, the reality of it is if you say that you're saved, if we say we're saved tonight, that's enough to praise God for. If he did nothing else for you, that's enough to, to give glory to God because we don't deserve that. And so we, we pray and God answers and we go on about our lives without a second thought, right? We, we're, we're very quick to make people aware of our need But then how often when God meets the need do we come back and give him praise for it? Right? I see a lot of prayer requests. I'm not just talking about our our folks, but I'm talking about Christians in general. You know, pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. But I don't see a whole lot of glorifying God. So many are like the lepers. They were cursed with a condition that they themselves could not fix. I mean, you're not going to save yourself. You were helpless. I was helpless. We couldn't do anything about it except fall on the, on the mercy of God and God save us. Right? And so they were cursed with this condition and the Lord intervenes and changes their life. And I, I thought about this. And I mentioned it this morning that if I kept going the direction that I was going, my wife and I probably would not be married. But if I, if I went about, Brother Shane... The condition, the, the, the place I was going before, I, I really bowed my head when I was 25 years old and got saved. Now, I, I grew up in a church that preached the gospel, and I heard the gospel, and, and I went every uh, you know Sunday morning and, and tried to go some Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and went to youth revivals and all that stuff, and, and I, I bowed my head at a 
youth meeting one time, went down the altar and said the prayer they told me to say. And I was good enough Baptist to know this, that if I really got born again, <coughs> that if I was really saved, I couldn't lose my salvation. Problem was I never really got saved. And so I sat in church just like many of you did and I prayed the prayer and God, I'm taking you at your word and I knew enough about not losing my salvation. I thought that I could go out and live like I wanted to live and live like the world. But I'll tell you this, at any point before April 21st, 1996, Brother Foy, if I'd have died, I'd have died in my sins and went to hell. Right. Go ahead. Bless, bless now what I'm saying is, first thing we better do is Thank God if you're truly born again. If you're not truly born again, today ought to be the day you get saved. But then after that, you see with these lepers, they were cleansed of their condition, but there was two groups. There was one that really surrendered their life to the Lord, and there were nine that said, well, we're clean now, we're going to go live our lives. You got to decide this morning or this evening which you're going to be. I'm not here to doubt your salvation. I'm not one of these preachers. I'm going to get up and if you don't do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, you're not saved. See, I believe that the only people that know, truly know if you're born again are you and God. But I do also know this that the Bible teaches that there is fruit. And if all things are passed away, behold, all things become new, there'll be some fruit. And so we focus on the nine who did not come back, right? It's, it's, it's like the prodigal. We focus on him. We focus on him going into the hog pit. Then we focus on his return. And then if we do say anything about the brother, we say, well, here's the brother that stayed with the father, but he was bitter toward the son for coming, toward the father for blessing the son for coming back. Well, may I say this? Somebody ought to think. Uh, God, that the Son stayed with the Father. I mean, we don't we don't give him any credit for staying with the Father. It's like, well, he messed up. Well, is any of you not messed up? Because I have. So, what I'm saying, what makes this one different than the nine? Because they they all had the same condition, right? They all <coughs> had leprosy. I try not to drink water in front of y'all, but I might have to not. What makes the one different? Well, I'll tell you what it was. He was grateful. Right? right. He understood who he was, what God did for him. He wasn't better than the others. He was just grateful. You look at David, a man after God's own heart. It wasn't that he was sinless. I mean, he was, he was, he was as wicked as far as committing sin, right? As pretty much anybody else. But he had a contrite heart. We view David according to the word of God as a man after God's own heart. Why is that? Because he understood that in his flesh he was weak. And much of the Psalms is David's repentance and mourning over his sin. So maybe it's not so much we live this sinless perfect life, which we'll never do, Brother Brad, but that we realize our true condition and we stay at the feet of Jesus. And that's the difference in these lepers. You had nine that took what the Lord did for them and ran with it and said, okay, I'm not going to go to hell now, so I'm going to go live my life. But you had one that said, you know what, I just, I'm so thankful, I just want to stay at the feet of Jesus. 
So a couple things. Number one, you see in this scripture is the fate of the many. When verse 11 and 12, the Bible says this came to pass that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and as he entered into a certain village there met him ten men that were lepers. Well, here's, the, here's what I'm saying. First of all, they all had the same condition. Well, there's nobody in here. I don't care your economic status, your, your uh, religion, your nationality, your color, your skin, who your mom and daddy are. Y'all got the same condition, so do I, that we're sinners, right? That, that, that's why when we look at the gospel and the Lord left us, Brother Jose, the, the mandate to share the gospel, he didn't say to certain people, he said to the whole world because everybody needs it. So we have to realize that you and I, all have the same condition. Some of you ain't getting that. Because sometimes we think that because we don't commit certain sin, we're a whole lot better than somebody else. We're all in the same boat. Listen, you, you, let, you let the hedge of protection of God be removed from you. I doubt very seriously, Brother Marty, there's a lot of folks that I know, include me, that would have the character of Job that would retain God in his thoughts and would not, would not curse God with his mouth. Right? I mean, most of us would be like, God, I'm done. Listen, if this is what it costs serving you, I've lost my finances, I've lost my family, I've lost my, my friends, I've lost my, my uh, faith, right? I mean, that, his faith was wavering there for a little bit. He, he, lost, his, uh, he lost his health. We'd say, I'm done. I mean, let's be honest. But Jake, it takes a lot less for most people to quit on God. So we have to realize it, that this leprosy was a death sentence. They weren't going to get better without divine intervention. And it made them outcasts. You and I are outcasts. They all had the same problem. Now, when you view people that way, it's not, you know, Muslim or, or American. And, and again, I'm not, I understand they're, uh, they're radicals, right? Sometimes we're like, well, you know what? They don't deserve to go to heaven. Well, neither did you. That old murderer in the, in the state pen, he doesn't deserve heaven. Well, you didn't either. Because the Bible said if you hate somebody, that's the same as committing murder. Right? So we better, we better humble ourselves and realize that we all have the same fate. And that is the same condition. And that is also, here's what it takes to get, get out of the condition. It's the same confession. See, the Bible said they lifted up their voices in 13. Not some of them did, and all of them got it. So your mom and daddy can't save you, and your grandpa can't save you, and your husband can't save you, and your wife can't save you. You've got to lift up your voice. You've got to cry unto God yourself. And so that confession, they all wanted help and all called on Jesus. Aren't you glad he didn't cast any of them out? He said, you know what, you don't get it, you don't get it, but you can. He cleansed all ten of them. Hallelujah. And so when we look at that, they, they all had the same confession. They had to do it the same way. Now listen, there's not certain ways uh, today that you get saved certain ways tomorrow. You, there's not certain for Baptists and certain for Methodists and certain for Pentecostal. Or, or what, you got to do it the same way. That's right. 
whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, you got to call on him, right? So it's not baptism for this crowd and, and uh, salvation for this crowd and, and communion for this crowd. you got to come the same way, the way of the cross. That's what we ought to be preaching. Amen? That's what we ought to be telling people. And so it's the same. But look, what she says, they all had the same conclusion. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show thyself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Some of them didn't get it, some of them didn't. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Well, he didn't do it right. Well, who are you to say he didn't do it right? He didn't do the sinner's prayer. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Right? That's what that publican did. Jesus said he went down to his house justified. See, it's not, it's not the eloquence of what comes out here. It's what you believe in here. Right? Now, I ain't talking about, listen to what I'm saying. When I say believe, I'm not talking about just an intellectual knowledge that Jesus died on the cross and he went to heaven and put his blood on the mercy seat. So therefore, since I intellectually believe it, I'm good. No, a true belief is this, that it changes my behavior. It changes who I am. That's where we're missing it. Like, boy, they made a profession of faith. Can I be honest with you? I say this, fooey on your profession of faith. I don't care about a profession of faith. I want to see the evidence of salvation. Right? Everybody, I, and it, if you truly get born again, and by the way, here's another thing, Brother Adam. We as preachers got to quit preaching people out of heaven. If they get saved, let them have the confidence they're saved if they're saved. Man, I grew up in this independent Baptist garbage where it's like, bless God, if you don't come to every service and, you know, uh, you, your hair's not cut right. Ladies, if you wear britches and, you know, you don't have uh, the GI haircut and you don't carry your King James Bible and you don't hate rock and roll music and you ain't even saved. You don't come to church, go soul win, bless God. I grew up in all that mess. You know what it does? I thought I was saved, but I really wasn't. I thought I was saved, but I really wasn't. Hallelujah, we had camp meeting, God showed up, amen. We had 49 people in the church get saved. My question is how they sit in church, hear the gospel week after week after week after week after week, not get saved, but all of a sudden somebody comes in and makes them doubt their salvation, 49 of them get saved. Amen. This ain't my first rodeo. Can't go knock on a door. Somebody gets saved, that's easy believism, shallow evangelism, that don't work. But they can walk in off the street because you have revival meeting and Dr. So-and-so, who's the revivalist, comes in and you've never seen them from Jack Boo, amen? And they can run down the altar and they get saved. Hallelujah, we had them saved. You don't know if they got saved or not. The fruit's what proves it. See, it's not a profession, it's a possession. When you truly get born again, God comes to live inside of you. That's why you can't lose your salvation if you're truly born again because God's in there. Amen. See, we've been playing games, Brother Jimmy. We play games, people. Come on, get, come down the altar. I don't want you to come to the altar and get saved if God ain't dealing with you. It doesn't last. Now, if you ever made a profession you really didn't get saved, you ought to get real good and saved. And when you get real good and saved and you trust God, let me tell you what happened, Brother Marty. I'm giving my testimony. 
I played all that game. And then when I got saved April 21st, 1996, the devil said, you didn't say it right. You ever do that to you? You didn't mean it in your heart. You didn't say it right. I dealt with that. Man, I dealt with that. Miss Moore, I, I dealt with it and just every, well, and I'd go to sleep at night with the Lord if I wasn't sincere, if I didn't do it right. And I got tired. Listen, I'm just tired. When I get fed up with something, I'm done. I'm talking about I'm done. And I remember I, one night I said, now God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to do something tonight. I'm tired of this. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going every day of my life wondering if I really got saved. Either you are good as your word and you'll do what you say you'll do or you're not. I'm going to find out. And I just decided right then, Brother Shane, here's, and I remember, that's what I said. I said, God, I'm going to trust what you said in your word and that Jesus died on the cross and that's good enough. And if I die and go to hell trusting you, then that's just what I'll do. Brother Bart, I have, I'm not bragging on me. I'm saying I have not doubted since. Why? Because I believe that's the kind of faith you got to say it's either Jesus or nothing. Right? It's either he did what he said he'd do, and if I put my trust in him, he'll take me to heaven, or if not, then I'm going to hell, and that should, but I'm not, going, I'm not dealing with it no more. I've had some victory. I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's all been cloud nine, Brother Jimmy, but I hadn't doubted my salvation since that day. I, but with the help of God, I'm not ever going to do it again. Why? Because you can't serve God doubting your salvation. You can't have victory in Jesus if every day you're going to, well, am I in or am I out? Amen. You either in or you out. That's a bonus. Then there's the same conclusion that they did what Jesus said. There's the, there's the key. Not your feelings, not your emotions. They did what Jesus said, did they not? And the evidence was they were different. They didn't have leprosy no more. Now you say, well, I don't feel saved. So? I don't feel it. So? I don't, I don't, I don't think. So, do you, let me ask you this. Do you wake every, up every morning and feel like a human being? I mean, do, you, do you get up and go, well, I feel like such a great human being today. I feel like, do you think every day, I'm a human being? Well, does that make you not a human being because you don't think it or you don't feel it? There's a, I don't wake up every morning, Brother Shane, and go, I feel married today. I feel married. Yes, I feel married. I don't wake up every morning and go, let me think about this. Did I get married? Am I still married? January 1st, 30 years ago, guess what? I said, I do. She said, I, the, the, the preacher said, y'all are married. Gave me a ring, gave her a ring, and I don't wake up every morning I don't know if I'm married today or not. Right? Sometimes we don't, me and Miss Ellen, we don't go, I love you and I sure am glad we're married. But we're married. So why can't you have that confidence in God? If we're ever not married, Miss Ellen's going to tell me we're not married anymore. 
I don't have to question. Some of you need to feel that way with God. God, if I'm ever not saved, let me know. But till then, I did what you said I'm on, that I need to do, so I'm just going to trust you. And we're going to have this good relationship now. We're going to have some fellowship, and, and I'm, it's, things are going to be different. You ought to be different if you're saved. Amen. That's right. Ought to be the same conclusion. All of them were cleansed. You ask all nine of them what happened to you. Jesus touched me. I don't have leprosy anymore. You ask somebody saved, what happened to you? Jesus saved me. Amen. Right? Amen. If you're born again, I'm, I'm hammering this home for a reason because I'm tired of people doubting their salvation. I'm tired of all the junk out there about all this. Well, I'll tell you what. I've come up with this. I found this new doctrine. I throw it in the garbage, right? Because I've got the confidence that the conclusion and the confession and the condition were all the same because I did it the way Jesus told me to do it. So the fate of many are, is all the same. We're all sinners. You're either saved or lost. And if you're saved, there's two kinds. You're either grateful or you're not, Right? So number two, the feet of the Savior in verse 13, 14. Quickly, the Bible said they lift up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy. And when he saw them, he said unto them. Well, what's that mean? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? Well, who said it? When he saw them, he said. That's God's word, is it not? He said it. That's God's word. Well, it's not the written word. He is the Word. If He said it, it's the Word. What did He say to them? He saw them. He said, go show thyself unto the priest. And it came to pass that they went and they were cleansed. Well, He said it. They did what He said. Real simple. He said it. His Word. They did what He said. Obedience. It's not complicated. God's saying, I'm making it simple. Here's what I want you to do. You say, okay, I'll do it. Now, that's how simple this whole thing is. Following God's not difficult. Find the will of God's not difficult. You follow God, obey him, and then when you do that, God's saying, you know what? I can trust you with some more stuff, right? You'd be a fool. Listen to what I'm saying. You'd be a fool if you had a million dollars to go to somebody you've never met. It's okay. I read on the internet, you're a pretty good financial guy, so here's a million dollars. Do with it what you want to. Right. Now, some of you might do that. I'd say you're crazy. I'd say here's 5000 Let's see what you can do with that. Right. Right. Now, if you lose it all, I ain't giving you the rest of it, right? right. Come on. Well, I'll tell you what, preacher. I'm, I saw this commercial late night on crypto, and I'm putting all my money in crypto. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Put it all in the crypto. That's a good idea. Somebody let me like, well, I did that. <laughs> there, ain't no, there ain't no shortcuts, folk. Right. right? Crypto, is that bad? You're going to find out. <laughs> you, not, you, not see that, you not see that dude they just busted months ago? Looked like he just come out of a frat house. People gave him billions of dollars. You know what he did? Stole it. I could have told you that was coming. I wouldn't give him all that money, would you? Say, all right, prove it. Show me what you got. Prove it. Right? Well, Lord said, okay, here's what I'm going to let you do. I'm going to tell you, here's my word. Now prove that you believe me. Go show yourself. Good, amen. Obedience. 
Now, you want God to reveal more stuff to you? Show him that you'll do with what he's already given you what he tells you to do, right? So, so here's the thing. There's a united cry. What's that mean? Well, the Bible said they all lift up their voices, and then he said, go show yourself. So he's no respecter person. You call unto him, he said he knows why he's cast you out, right? If you come his way, he'll save you. You do it his way, he'll, he'll, he'll do what he says. Whosoever, the Lord hears our cry. Then there's an unparalleled cleansing. He didn't pick some of them and reject the other one, right? This Calvinist garbage, well, God chooses some of them and the rest of you he's going to send to hell. Really? Well, what about the whosoever? Well, no. What about that election? What about predestination? Need to read the whole scripture in context. He predestinated us and elected us to become the image of his son. That's what he wants. He wants you to be like Jesus. You can't take the whosoever will and make that into Calvinism. That's like saying, well, these ten, nine of them called and said, we want to get cleansed. He said, nope, just you. Right? And funny to me, Brother Matt, how Calvinists, it's them and their family. Why didn't God tell some of his family, no, you're going to hell? Junk. Just garbage. Just garbage. Don't you get caught up in that mess. Well, I saw on the internet, then cut your internet off. You can't, you can't be a Calvinist reading your Bible. You got to be a Calvinist reading somebody's book. Amen. Unparalleled cleansing. He said all of you, right? They simply had to be. Then there's an unwavering compassion. Now, if, Brother Kenneth, if I believe what I say I believe, God is all knowing. Do you think Jesus knew nine of them was going to go that way? Sure, sure did. He's, he cleansed them anyway. Do you think, you think Jesus knew that some people that got saved was going to say, oh, hallelujah, I'm saved, I'm going to church, I'm going to serve God, and six months later you can't find them? Sure enough. Did he take back the papers? No. Did, did Jesus die knowing the people that hung him on the cross was going to reject him? Sure did. Did he die for them? He sure did. That's right. Amen. He had compassion on people even though he knew they, they would not serve him. He had some compassion on you and me even though he knows. He knows we're going to mess up and turn our back on him. Oh, I'm not going to ever turn my back. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we. Right? By the way, that wasn't some nominal Christian that wrote that. That was an Old Testament prophet. Amen. You're right. He didn't say all you. He said all we. That's right. Right. So before you get all tore up about, well, did you see so-and-so? They left God. You better, you better get on your face, get on your, the, the feet of Jesus Christ, because if not, you'll be the next one. Right. I bet none of those nine, when they got healed, I bet when they were, I bet they said, Brother Jose, when they were had leprosy, they said, "Boy, I tell you what, if somebody just cleansed us from leprosy, we, we'd do anything for them, right? Like we do. Yes, sir. Right. Lord, you get me out of this mess, and I'll do anything for you." He gets out of the mess. Was okay. Thank you. I'm gonna go do my thing now. Pan, Pan, Panthers playing 405. I ain't gonna be at church at five tonight. Got the Panthers on, right?
I've told you before, you pull for the pants, you skip church, I hope they lose every game. Every game. I hope they never win another game, ever. You come to church like you are, I'll, I'll help you root for them. Except Alabama fans, I ain't never pulling for Alabama. Sorry, Brother Tim. I love you anyway. Unwavering compassion. He knew only one would worship him. He did not revoke the cleansing of the nine. He's full of compassion. Number three, the few, the few that were thankful. The Bible said in verse 15, and one of them. One, just one. Isn't it amazing what one can do? It'd be, you know what? It'd be wonderful if we have a church full of people that love God and want to serve him. That'd be wonderful. I'd love it, wouldn't you? But 10% would be good. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about sold out. What it, God, whatever. You want, you want me to go to the mission field? Got it. You want me to give everything I got to missions? Got it. You want me to go run a bus route? No problem. Right? You know what we do? Let me, let me pray about it. Lord, it's your will. Let 17 stars line up. Right? Let 17 stars line up in a circle and the moon be right in the middle of it. Then I'll know it's your will. And even if God did it, brother, before you know what? You say, well, I got to put out another fleece. Now let the moon, let all the stars be inside the moon. Isn't that what we do? Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. Go ahead. I've been there and done that. Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. Go anywhere you want me to go. As long as I don't have to leave my comfort zone. Can I, can I help you with something? When you get that attitude, your comfort zone will become uncomfortable. Few that were thankful. Verse 15, 1, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So, real quick, you see, first of all, his awareness. Can you imagine? He's had leprosy. He's seen himself every day. He calls on the Lord. You know what he does? The Bible said he saw He's different. Brother Eddie, there's evidence. Yes, sir. That's good. Here's how how hypocritical we are, Brother Lee. We'll We'll say spiritual things like this. Well, you know, the Lord looks on the inside. He knows my heart. Right? You're right. But man can't see your heart. We see the evidence, supposedly, of what takes place in here, right. here. So, so, so when, you, when you say you love Jesus and your face looks like you hate the world, right. that's probably not good evidence that you love Jesus, right? right. 
You say you love Jesus and you love not coming to church, not doing the will of God, not reading your Bible, right? Not doing the evidence. This guy knew he was cleansed because he was different. He wasn't the same. The Lord wasn't trying to convince him that, Brother Matt, he still had leprosy, but he's saying, you're, you're good, you don't have leprosy anymore. Right? But Jerry, he, he didn't have all the scars and all the evidence of leprosy, and the Lord said, no, you're clean on the inside. You're good. You can see him, can't you? Going into town, because if you had leprosy, you had to run around saying unclean. And he's got all this leprosy on him. He's going through town. He's going, how you doing? They're going, no, no, no. And he's, no, I'm, I'm, God said I was clean on the inside. We're good. You ain't going to get it, right? But that's how we want people. No, no, I live like the world, but it's all good in here. Right? I got all the, I got all the filth and garbage of this world, but I, we're good. Me and Jesus, we got to understand it. Can I help you with something? God don't make deals. God's not in negotiating business, right? Don't give me all this. Me and God, we got to understand it. You do. You understand what he said or you do it his way or no way, right? His awareness, but then notice his, his adoration. He said he was healed and with a loud voice glorified God. Verse 16, fell down on his face at his feet. So he glorified God. He fell down on his feet. He gave thanks. Actions, not just words, right? You prove to Jesus that you're thankful by your actions. Well, what's that mean? Whatever he tells you to do. That's why I'm leery of testimony service, brother, just because I just want to tell Jesus I love him. Well, you might fool everybody else. But he's going, I know what your heart looks like. I know what's going on in there. Right? He gave thanks. You know how you think Jesus, just do what he tells you to do. We give testimony. I just want to to thank the Lord for saving me. Well, that's good. But what about the other days when we're not testifying? Do you show him that you're thankful he saved you by doing what he tells you to do? Well, the parts that I like, I do. Right? That's that's, that's the modern Christian. The parts I like, I do. I interpret that different, though. Right? You and I must interpret it different. You interpret it however you want to. We stand before God, he's going to say, yeah, you got it wrong. He may tell all of us we got it wrong. I mean, man, we may get to heaven, Brother Ken. Lord, see, y'all have messed it all up. And then finally, I want you to see this. His aloneness. Jesus said this in verse 17. He said, where are the nine? There was ten of you. Where's the nine? Now listen to me. Even though it was just him, he gave thanks. Even though it was just him, he followed Jesus. Even though it was just him, he worshipped him. Now, now, sometimes giving God his due glory is going to be lonely. Nobody else going to do it. Right? Sometimes serving God's lonely. You know what's interesting? People say, they'll say, you know what, preacher? I know you're busy. 
Let's say. And some people say, my brother John's like, I bet, I bet preachers, I bet they go out to eat lunch all the time and they fellowship and they probably get together and pray together and and I bet they play golf together and just I bet they just got this network of friends and they just, you know, all the time it's just preachers and can I can I be honest with you? Being a being a preacher is lonely. It's lonely. I've had friends, I don't have any more. Right? I remember some somebody told me it might have been Bobby Robertson, he said, When you're small, you're insignificant. When you're the same size, you're equal. He said, When your church becomes larger than other people's, you're a compromiser. There's a jealousy there. Maybe, maybe not. I just know there's some guys we used to fellowship and get calls and you know what? I, I can show you on my phone the number of calls I get a week from anybody, especially preachers. Right. I call them, but you get the point. You're like, you don't want to talk to me. I know, you know? That's good. I mean, I, I ain't got to chase you. I won't be your friend, but I ain't going to chase you down. Right. It's lonely. And I know some of your lives, serving God's lonely. Some of you, family don't understand, work doesn't understand, right? Some, it's lonely. This guy had ten buddies, all of them in the same boat, right? All of them got the same thing, but just one. But let me say this. If you got Jesus, that's all you need. He didn't have anybody else. But he had Jesus. He's enough. And if you're going to serve God, sometimes it's just going to be you and him. Now let me say this. You ain't got to call me all the time. So I see some of you, I'm going to start calling preacher every day. No, you're not either. No, you're not. I'll block your number. Now, if it gets lunchtime, men, they can call us, can't they? About 11 o'clock, preacher, I'm going to take all of y'all out for lunch. We'll go, won't we, Brother Jose? We'll go get some lunch. But sometimes serving God's going to be lonely. But it's still worth it. So here's what I'm going to close with. You be thankful. God changed your life. You don't be one of these Christians after he saved you. You go, what? I... So it's all a salvation issue, right? I'm saved going to heaven. I'm just going to live my life now. Well, one of two things. If you're really not saved. You're backslidden. Don't know it. But be like the one that says, you know what? Every day I want to get up and I want to, I want to be at the feet of Jesus because I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what he did for me. And I want to prove it to him, right? You're not ever going to love him like he loves you. But, but we, ought to, we ought to give, give it an effort to show him. Just to show him. Because he sure is worth it. Sure is worth it. Let's stand together. Bow our heads tonight. Maybe this evening you just want to get on the altar and thank God for saving you. <coughs> Maybe you want to recommit your life to him. Say, God, if you'll show me what you want me to do, I'll do it. Maybe if you're here tonight and you've never trusted him as your savior, it'd be a good night. A good night to get saved. Good night to surrender your life to Him.
remind God tonight. Nothing you do is ever always going to be easy. You can run from God, it ain't going to be easy. Right? You serve God, it's not always going to be easy. But it sure is worth it. Sure is worth it. It's been lonely, but I tell you this, I've met some good people along the way. I've met some people, I know if I called them, if I really need them, they'd be there. We may not talk every day, Brother Shane, or Johnny, but I know there's some men I call, if I need them, they'd say, I'll be there, preacher. Right? There's people I'd be there for. It's lonely, but it's worth it. Got to go some places I'd never gone before. Got to do some things I'd probably never get to do serving God. But I want to be thankful, don't you? I want to, I want to be reminded where God brought me from. <laughs> yes, sir. you thank you for being so good to us tonight may we be thankful by our actions to prove how thankful we are in Jesus name we pray